Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice. As part of the Fans First Sports Network, I'm Brett Rutherford, joined by Darby Robinson. Darby, the Rays, coming off of a very successful road trip. They return home. They get to play two last-place teams this week, the Colorado Rockies and the New York Yankees. So despite all of the bad news that has been surrounding this franchise recently, they have been playing, maybe surprisingly so, some really good baseball. They've been winning series, which is what we were asking for. Just getting back to to getting two out of three, and and that's that's really what they've needed. It hasn't always been pretty. It, it has not always been easy. They have definitely had their share of ups and downs, even in the wins, and they've had some losses that probably should have been in the win column. But they're they're doing what they need to do: getting some wins, getting back on track. They're not really gaining ground on Baltimore, but they're not losing ground either. And so that's that's a big piece. So they're still within uh, shooting distance of Baltimore and still firmly at the top wildcard spot. So keep winning series like that. Let the chips fall below you and you're going to at least uh, cruise into the postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously getting to the postseason like that's a successful season in my eyes, almost any year, but given the way this year started and and man, given how close the race still are after a very, very interesting, long, mostly not good summer, I I still really want to win the division. I mean, and first off, it's just because you get right into the ALDS. You don't have to play a three game series. The Rays are in good position to host that series if they need to. And we'll start looking ahead to the postseason, maybe at the end of today's show. Um, But, man, it would be nice to just sit back and watch the other teams play in these wildcard series while the Rays get a bye. Um, But we'll see. I don't know. Like, obviously, the Rays are without their best starting pitcher for the rest of the year and all of next year. Uh, They're they're without their their best position player for the foreseeable future as well. So it's a very different-looking Rays Rays team um, than, than what they started with, but capable of, like you said, winning series and staying competitive in this division race that I think will probably go down to the the last week or so now. What's interesting about the current Rays team is that they're very, it's, it's a bit scrappier in a lot of ways. There's a bit more of the like kind of classic Rays to them where it's just a full team effort needing like somebody else to step up each day. Like, is it, is it like Oslavis Basabe to come up, come through with a big hit is it Luke Rayleigh to come through with a big hit? Is it Josh Lowe with some two out? It's it's kind of getting back to that not like relying so heavily on the stars and then scrubs sort of model. It's now been back to that kind of classical raise, like all 26 guys contributing in some way. And if somebody doesn't, somebody else is there to pick the team up. I really have no idea what to think of Luke Rayleigh. And like he's having a really good year. And I'm just enjoying it. I have no idea what to think about him moving forward with the team. Like, I don't know what his role is going to be. I don't know how the team envisions him. But, like, right now he is the cleanup hitter. uh, And he's playing some center field. And he's hitting inside the park home runs. And I I just feel like when we look back at this season, there's going to be a lot of things that come to front of mind. But I think for Rays fans, no matter how this season ends, we'll be like, Luke Rayleigh was really fun that year. He's been sensational like absolutely legit 
potential position side of the 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 ball like MVP for the team, especially in terms of the the like unexpected MVP, right? Yeah. Like you know, Yandi has been the best player on on the on the Rays position side of things, but like Luke Rayleigh has done just a bit of everything. He's been like a Swiss Army knife, and it's been such uh, found money. It's not your your top investment. This is this is just absolute finding a a, a twenty in your jeans in the bottom of your drawer that you didn't know you had. And he's been excellent. I mean, this is a, a 28 year old guy. He's not even arbitration eligible for another, uh, another two years. He's uh thanks broken baseball system for, for that. Um, but like, this is a guy who's always kind of been in that quad a style, right? Like when you're 28, who's you've been, he's been around for a while. He's been in triple a, for a while always hitting really well like his triple a numbers were great it was just like is this guy ever going to do anything in the majors or is this you know maybe he's just that quad a style he's got a weird like power speed combo the speed is shockingly good for somebody as big and broad and strong as he is uh the giants broadcasters on that crazy inside the park home run were flabbergasted at how fast <laughs> Luke Rayleigh was getting around the, the bases. He's got a higher uh, percentile sprint speed than Luis Robert Jr. Like mm. he, he does not seem like a peak athlete, but he is. Um, and yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of funny because he came from the Dodgers system, but Luke Rayleigh is very much, it, it's very fitting of like those Dodgers prospects. Cause it does feel like the Dodgers team is filled with stars veterans who used to be stars who are now like 38 and then like a random guy like Luke Rayleigh, who's like a non-prospect who comes in and contributes like two to three wins. And there is currently James Outman, but Luke Rayleigh is just, again, another one in that Dodger, that perfect Dodgers model of who is this guy and why is he like batting sixth on this lineup and why is he contributing so much? And that's Luke Rayleigh. And like I said, I'm just going to enjoy it. I, I have no idea how to project Luke for Luke Rayleigh moving forward. I don't know if the Rays know how to project Luke Rayleigh moving forward, but I'm sure they're enjoying it as much as I am. The The thing, though, with Luke Rayleigh that's funny is that this is that why is he still on the roster thing that a lot of fans have. Like when you're looking at that, like, you know, rule five draft pick era, you know, that time of that time of year, which always happens. And everyone's always like, how do you leave this guy unprotected? And we have Luke Rayleigh on the roster. Like, just cut him for that. Those are the times when I always say, never panic about the Rule 5 draft because it doesn't largely matter. And two, there's sometimes a reason why guys like Luke Rayleigh stick around. And it's because they can they can contribute in some way at the major league level. And in this situation, similar to your Joey Wendell uh, type of role, sometimes the non-perfect we're not out here selling jeans like this is this is not like your prototypical prospect shine but sometimes there's some skill sets that teams like and clearly the rays protected they got luke Rayleigh and they protected him and they you know kind of stuck around with him for a little bit and it's paying dividends like they that's two great again really smart organizations that saw a lot something in him to give him major league at bats to keep them around and to not, uh, and then actually trade uh, an actual, you know, kind of fringy prospect for. Him. 
Yeah, and it, it, it's been a lot of fun. And, and like you said, Rays and Dodgers, they seem to be the ones that this happens to the most where they just find these guys. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, one big piece of news that I realized we hadn't really talked about uh, on the podcast and has to do with the pitching staff, Shane McClanahan underwent Tommy John surgery today. So uh, we knew he was going to be out for the remainder of 2023. Now he's missing 2024. Uh, we had this discussion when he got hurt that like, this is, this is just kind of the way it goes with these high end pitchers. It doesn't make it any less uh, disheartening uh, to see a, a guy who was, was finding his stride, you know, back to back years as an all-star as one of the best pitchers in the world. And then now he's sidelined for, over, you know, a, a whole year. Um, I don't know if we need to talk too much about how the Rays are going to move forward because now it's just about getting to the postseason where you can use a four-man rotation. Um, but it does suck, Darby, to lose Shane McClanahan uh, for, for a considerable amount of time. It's been brutal. <laughs> this, this year has been absolute attrition. Um yeah, I mean, that's now three guys who you could see win a Cy Young uh, if everything breaks right. Like Shane McClanahan was a Cy Young finalist last year. He was having another great year this year. Um, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen as well. Like that's that's any team losing those three guys, that should be it for that pitching staff. That should be a bottom five pitching staff now when you take those three out of any rotation. Um and there's just no there's no cutting around like losing somebody like Shane McClanahan is just such a huge blow because there's there is only maybe I don't even know the number like how many other pitchers that can do what he does at his level when he's on like we're we're, we're talking about a very you know rarefied error of guys that can that can do that that can be that good um, that Cy Young level like there's guys that like you can like right now the Rays are getting a ton out of somebody like Zach Littell, but like, he's not going to be able to like at Zach Littell's best, he is not going to be able to do what Shane McClanahan does at his best. And that next step level is like, that's impossible to really replace Um, the overall aggregate production for a whole year. And maybe even in a series you can, you can replace and the Rays will have to do that. But that that's, you know, one of the, one of the finest, high-end arms in in the business a guy who is really coming into his own as a pitcher he's such a a smart uh pitcher like he's he's like been tinkering and growing and building that that repertoire and he's got four legit fantastic pitches and he's been learning how to mix them well like he's he's not just a thrower he's a guy that has really learned to be a really good pitcher and it's just it's just a loss not just for the Rays but for baseball because who doesn't want to watch Shane McClanahan pitch like he's he's like appointment television when he's on and and uh yeah it 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 just it sucks it really does suck and he's had Tommy John surgery before it's sort of the reason why he fell in the draft and why the Rays had a chance to to sign him at all he had injuries in college um but you hope that this you know again the Tommy John is is not a death to pitchers anymore like it is seemingly kind of like 
the price of doing business in the major leagues right now. Um, the fear was how long it kind of took to be to figure out what was wrong because you hope it's not something weirder like uh like thoracic outlet syndrome which is a which is a nightmare like that is potentially he's thrown his last pitch uh because the the surgeries the the treatments everything is just so much more nebulous tommy john it's a it's a big blow you may not come back quite the same but you've seen people come back and be just as good and you have seen a lot of people come back and be 90 percent of as good and we're starting to see that like recovery time is even a lot less than it has been in the past so that has been something that clearly doctors and surgeons they they, they've gotten more refined in so of the awful potential news i guess this is one of the middle not not the not the best of the awful not the worst of the awful kind of somewhere in the middle I, i think it's the definite amount of time Right, like we do know how long it takes to recover from Tommy John surgery if there are no setbacks, uh, and it's like okay, we we know the earliest. I don't know, maybe there's a world that he comes back at the end of last season, but like it's highly unlikely. Uh, and so to think, okay, we will not see Shane McClanahan throw a pitch in the big leagues until 2025, right? And that's that's assuming no setbacks, and. We've we've come familiar with that as Rays fans with some of these other pitchers that are recovering, uh, and who knows what the world will look like in twenty twenty five? Who knows where the Rays will be playing baseball? Like, are they going to be building a new stadium? Like, like it's just that's I think that's the most difficult part. It's not I, I, like Shane McClanahan's still young enough where he can still have I think a successful career. Uh, the more Tommy John surgeries you have, the harder it is to come back. So. Again, we'll see. It 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 just sucks, and I don't think there's any other way to describe it. Uh, there was some more shuffling with the Rays bullpen, as uh, one pitcher, Andrew Kittredge, uh, is now back after his surgery, joining the bullpen, uh, which means that the Rays released uh, one of the key members of their 2020 AL Championship team, Ryan Thompson, who was kind of came out of nowhere going into 2020 uh ended up pitching in the World Series had I think he had a, one really big outing in the ALCS uh, against Houston uh, and then stuck around for a few years uh with varying degrees of success but someone that proved to be a solid major league reliever this year ultimately things kind of fell apart he has been not DFA'd was straight up released uh, and I think that was the Rays trying to give him time to find a home before mm-hmm. the start of September, where you can no longer be on a postseason roster if you're not within the if you're not in an organization. He signs a minor league deal with the Diamondbacks. Oh, but Darby, I, I know you and Ryan Thompson. Um, like maybe maybe you're not the biggest Ryan Thompson fan, but I think even you can recognize the role he played on the last few years for the Rays. Listen, I I am not gonna. No, I'm not going to give crap to Ryan Thompson. (laughs) We had some fun on Twitter, but it was in good nature, mostly. Um, No, I. so here's the thing. Ryan Thompson was a tremendous uh, and super helpful, like, pitcher. Like, he did fantastic, like, an absolute key piece to some really uh, impressive raised bullpens. 
the sidearm delivery, part of that uh, arm clock uh, nightmare scenario that the Rays created for that 2020 year, um, and even in 2021 and 2022, he, he was he was uh, pretty helpful and pretty useful and a really valuable pitcher uh, coming over as a was the minor league rule five uh, pick. Yeah. Um, so extremely, extremely profitable. He made himself some money. He also provided us some interesting insights on Twitter about uh, the arbitration process, which I thought was really cool to see candidly. Um, he, he was definitely fine with blasting out some tweets and, you know, I, I try like, here's the thing. You don't ever want to, Anytime some and anytime a pitcher has a not great year, and Thompson did not have his best stuff this year, he his velocity is a little bit down. And I think without that, his stuff just doesn't play quite as well. So hopefully he'll kind of be able to get that built back up for, for Arizona, and they could definitely use the help in the bullpen for sure. Um you never want to like no none of these guys are 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 trying to fail. Everybody's trying to do well. So like when you are going to, you know, make some fun, try to be like, I don't know. I try to be cheeky about it rather than cruel. I try to be, uh, you know, some trash talk without it being like insults. And, and I think there's like a very fine line that Tommy Pham can tell you where the line is. I think he's <laughs> he could be a fine arbiter of it. Um, but I, I think I think that's sort of also a, a legacy of, of Thompson is he was very active on Twitter. He did read a lot and it's kind of a good lesson to know, like, you know, the, the life of a reliever is volatile. You are a minor league rule five draft pick. You're then pitching in the world series and having success. And then you're having to see pings from people that only contribution to baseball. Twitter is posting his face onto a, still image of Marge Simpson kind of doing a sidearm. Thing. <laughs> uh, so he, he should him, him clapping back at me is, is, uh, is more success than I, I deserve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think his, it was clear that like after this year, his time was kind of up with the Rays, And so uh, he wasn't going to be part of their plans for the postseason. So I think works out best for everyone, right? Get your release. You get to then, look out and see what is out there. Uh, Diamondbacks are in a, don't know if they're going to make the postseason, but they're, they're, in they're the still in the hunt. They're in they're the in hunt. The yeah. So yeah. maybe, maybe uh, the Rays will see them in the world series. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> uh, the uh, the injury, expansion, expansion bros, uh, world series. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the other injury was to Kevin Kelly sprained ankle. Uh, I, Who pretty I, much replaced Ryan Thompson's side army-ness yeah. on the roster. Uh, so we see Jacob Lopez come up, left-handed pitcher, making his big league debut. Uh, you like what you see so far out of Jacob Lopez? He had a fun, he had a fun little little bit there, like uh, a three-inning save um, in a blowout. Uh, but like, I do love a three-inning save. That's gonna a save counts just the same in the eventual mm-hmm. arbitration hearings. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, and then again, another funky arm slot, like a, a guy that I can only imagine is extremely awkward to try to bat left-handed against uh, with, with that, uh, with that arm slot. And uh, yeah, I, I, I liked what I saw. He's another guy coming back from, from an injury and some lost time in the minors, but 
definitely interesting stuff. Like somebody I, I'd like to see more of. Um, it's a it's a it's tough to find uh, space in this bullpen now that Andrew Kittredge is back. Um, but yeah, I, I like the uh, I like the brief uh, little bit of what we saw from uh, Jacob Lopez. It and Erasmo Ramirez is still kicking around in the roster, and w- with rosters expanding in a little bit, like do, does he have a shot to to ride out the rest of the regular season on the team? Oh, absolutely. He has a role that's it's useful enough. He can get you three innings. It can be a mop up role. It could be to start a game. It could be to follow a game. He can kind of just. He kind of just grind that. It's not great. It's probably not the best, the top it's choice. Not, I wouldn't call it good either. <laughs> it's, it, it's, he's a guy that I think could stick around just because like, sometimes you need a, you need three innings to like save the pen a little bit. It can be a white flag. He can also be, he's also had like weirdly successful run. Like his last, his last start notwithstanding, uh, but no, I, he's not going to make a postseason roster. But like during the regular season, I I could see him sticking around a little bit longer than than one might think. Yeah, I I I, I could see that. I it wouldn't shock me. Like maybe if you're you know right in it and you're only a game back, you know, last week or two, you try to bring up someone that has a little more pop. Like, I don't know if maybe we see Colby white at some point. I know he's Mm -hmm. like working his way back up after Tommy John surgery. Uh, You've still got Calvin Fauche, Cole Sulcer, who hasn't come up since the Rays have picked him up. Trevor Kelly, Jalen Beeks, like, I don't know, Beeks, Fauche. I don't, I don't know if they're, they're better than Erasmo. So maybe he does just stick around. Um, Either way, it's fun to see Erasmo Ramirez back it's weird it feels weird it doesn't it doesn't make sense it's like what year is this yeah it 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 just it's just like wait a minute he's and it's the same jerseys so it's like i was thinking that like the other night when he was pitching and it was like you like say you went into a coma like in may (laughs) and then you wake up and like erasmo is pitching (laughs) you've gone backwards in time yeah you've, you've been like what the Orioles oh, no, are in first place. Like it's things have gone. Things have <laughs> gone badly in the summer months, but like if you just turn on the game and like you woke you you went into a coma and the Rays you know had a ten game lead in the American League East and now Erasmus pitching and they're three <laughs> games behind Baltimore. Who's, who's the starting pitcher for the Rays right now? Is it Drew Rasmussen? <laughs> it's got to be Shane. How's McClanahan, he doing? Jeffrey Shane Springs. McClanahan, right? Erasmo, what? <laughs> oh no. Uh, Last bit of injury news, hopefully for a while. Uh, Manuel Margot, another guy having elbow surgery. Uh, not Tommy yeah. John. It's those damn loose bodies again, though, Darby. They're back and they're they're hanging out. Well, they were hanging out in Manuel Margot's throwing elbow. Um, but it sounds like, obviously, for a pitcher, much different recovery timeline. Sounds like we should be seeing Manuel Margot at some point in September. And the Rays aren't too worried yet about his inclusion in the postseason. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like it's more of a he's been trying to manage it through he's tried to manage the pain through the season and it's been sort of clear that Margot is not playing up to his level. 
Like yeah. this is definitely a sh- like a, a shadow of of the man Walmart go that we are normally accustomed to seeing. Um, it's a big loss to to the defensive side of the ball, especially when uh, Jose Siri had to leave a game with a pinky injury. You're like, oh no, it's it like it's kind of fun to see Luke Rayleigh in the center field for a game, but you're like, oh no, starting center fielder Luke Rayleigh is a little yeah. not doesn't hit quite as well. Um, but honestly, this seems like a good. I, I, this is one of the few like surgeries where I'm like, actually, this is, seems positive. Like it sounds like it's it's crazy. Again, the medical science that you can be like, knock this guy out, open up his body, tinker around inside, close it up, and he's back to playing major league baseball in like four to six weeks, in like a month. Basically, a month you can do that, and then be like, yeah, go back to being a major league athlete. It's it's wild that that's something that you can do in medical science, but it seems like the surgery went well, everything was fine. And uh, hopefully this will help Manny uh, Margot kind of get back to kind of playing the way we've been loving to see him play. Like that, you know, having to play through that constant pain, it, it can't be helpful yeah. to, to keep your, yeah. What it, what it does do to the active roster is I think it gives the Rays the worst defensive bench they've had in a long, long time, your 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 bench right now is typically going to be Rene Pinto, Curtis Mead, who is maybe positionless, Jonathan Aranda, who is maybe positionless, and Harold Ramirez, who is who is basically positionless. Uh, so no defensive substitutions in the near future for the Rays. Of those guys, they do help to make Curtis Mead look like. Evan Longoria 2.0. Yes. Uh, and not just in the batting stance. Suddenly, suddenly Curtis Mead looks like a tremendously talented defensive player when compared to uh, the rest of that gang. Um, yeah, it's not great defensively, but you know what? Maybe, maybe it'll be fun to see offensively. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited to have Mead and Aranda on the roster at the same time. So that's, Hopefully the last injury news we have to talk about for the rest of the season, but, you know, things always happen. Darby, I did want to get to a fun game, and I know we've both prepared lists of this. Yes. Um, I don't know, just kind of watching how things have gone for the Rays, it was making me think of, like, uh, like desi- the designated survivor that you see uh, with uh, the cabinet and the, for the State of the Union there, where, where, where one member of the cabinet does not attend the State of the Union in case of a... I don't know, major terrorist attack where everyone in the line of succession dies except for the designated survivor. Um, And it made me think the Rays right now kind of need a a, a shortstop line of succession. Um, Obviously, Wander Franco on the restricted list. Taylor Walls has been out injured. We're not really sure. Heard that he might, you know, he's starting some activities, but not yet on a rehab assignment, which has led to them calling up Oslavis Basabe, to be the starting shortstop for the time being, like indefinitely. Uh, and so Darby and I, Darby, you and I have both prepared our, our line of succession for the shortstop position, just to kind of lay out the ground rules. This is who would be considered the everyday shortstop if the person above them were to get hurt and like ha- or have to leave the roster. Uh, and so not someone who you would like – fill in for the last two innings of a game if your shortstop gets hurt. Like, no, this is who you would then make your shortstop the very next day, either from the active roster currently or from the minor leagues. 
Do, do we want to go through this one through 10, like start at the top and work our way down or 10 through one? I feel like, hmm, I, I think maybe one, I think it might work best to go quickly through the bottom. Okay. Because then we can, we can kind of see, because it, because when we start, I'll, I'll definitely say for my 10th, the real answer to this is signing like a Danny Hechevarria out of yeah. like where, wherever he's hanging out of or, or Gene Segura off of his ski boat or something like at, at number 10, actually probably like the first there, like the bottom, like four is sign a random vet who can just come in, who you still yeah. have the Jersey of D.D. Gregorius, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call up D.D. Gregorius. See, see what he's up to. Jason Bartlett feels like he's still in good shape. Like maybe when he I, hasn't swung a bat in five years. So when I was at the Rays game earlier this year, I saw him. He was there on the field for BP. So uh, maybe there are there these discussions. He's ready. Contract contract discussions. Um, so do we want to do eight, nine, and ten? Do Do you want to like let's just read out eight, nine, and ten? Let Let's do it. Okay. okay. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So number eight. Uh, for me is recently promoted to triple a uh, Ronnie Simone who's got an interesting bat a okay-ish glove it would be not a very fun person to be your major league starting shortstop but he's been at the upper upper mi- upper minors I believe he's like number 20? 20 years old he is he is young yeah he did not oh, get no, he's selected 23. in he's the rule 5 he did not get selected in the rule 5 um, so there was an option that he could have been taken by somebody and other teams, the rest of the league did not want to have him as a, as a starting, as a major league yeah. player. Um, but that's okay. He's a year older. Uh, who's your number eight? Ronnie Simone. Hey, there look at go. that. That's perfect. Um, yeah. He is, a little, he is a little older. He is 23. Um, and has 10 plate appearances in triple a already has two home runs. Um, but yeah, the, the bat is interesting, had, uh, over a 10% walk rate at double a this year, um, has, has never been like a bat first prospect, but I think could be a solid defensive player at the big league level. If you called him up today, again, would not be a good situation. Um, but yeah, I think he's a, he's a, a decent prospect that, that probably doesn't have a future like getting to the big leagues with the Rays, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Who'd you have for uh, Number nine is a personal favorite of yours. Somebody who's been playing center field a lot for the Durham okay. Bulls, but you came up as a middle of a middle yeah. infielder and shortstop. Uh, Greg Jones. Interesting. Greg Jones. He, he is on my list. He's a, he's a little higher, which maybe. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I went with Carson Williams at number nine. Um, oh. de- definitely someone that is on the younger end was also just recently called up to triple uh, a he is 20 uh, he was first round draft pick in 2021 he is now one of the rays top prospects uh, i think the bat is there there's power in it i think he's a gonna end up be, becoming eventually a, a really good defensive infielder he is definitely not big league ready uh he, he would definitely play horribly i think if you called him up right now um, but a guy that i'm really looking forward to you know, starting the year next year at double A again, and then maybe getting a real stint at triple A. And he could be a guy you see come up his age, uh, you know, 22 season. 
So Carson Wentz. I, I, I have him on my list, but you will hear about him much later. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, number 10. This is, this is again, you're signing uh, D.D. Gregorius or Denny Hechevaria. Brandon Lau. Okay. Okay. Brandon yeah. Lau. Arms probably not good enough for second base, really. So shortstop is really pushing it. Uh, but he moves well. He's fast enough. And you can't put Jonathan Aranda there, but you can maybe hide him at second and then just hope that Tyler Glasnow strikes everybody out. Yeah. Uh, and you don't do it with the ground ball pitchers, but he he's fast. He can, he can, has the range to cover. Um, the arm is definitely not good enough for short. Uh, and it would not be a great multi-game starting stint, but it's good. It might have to do. Yeah, I, I Brandon, Brandon Lau is on my list a little higher up. Uh, 10th, I went, and, and just to clarify to everyone, I don't know if I said this at the beginning, but we left Franco and Walls off this list. Uh, Tanner Murray was who I went with. Uh, I think he's like 23, 24. He hasn't even really been playing much shortstop, uh, but has a decent bat for double-A, like not a super projectable bat, um, but he's 10th on the list for a reason, like like you said. Um you know, break in case of emergency if you have to call Tanner Murray up to the team yes. this year. Uh, all right, now where do we want to go? Do we want to go back towards the top or still work? Let's from... let's do let's go up from from eight. So let's start with seven and then move our way up. Okay, cool. Uh, seven. I went with Brandon Lau here, so I have him above Simone Williams and Murray. Just guys that like. I'll I'll take Brandon Lau's obviously you know really good above average borderline great big league bat and the defense the horrible defense he played at shortstop I think I mentioned it when Danny was on the podcast last week that Brandon Lau fine second baseman he does just just good enough uh, all of his flaws I think would be exposed at shortstop that's not something mm-hmm. I'd want to see but at the end of the day there's an all-star bat in there and if you can field a ground ball and then you know hit it 450 feet I'll take it at shortstop it's like the the left-handed Paul DeYoung uh even though Paul DeYoung might be decent in the field uh, but I'll put Brandon Lau at seven I think that's I think that's totally fair uh this is where I put uh because this is this is tough because with without um without walls who's like clearly would be the starting shortstop right now with wander mm-hmm. out and with wander the whole question mark there you're really we're really stretching into it and this is yeah. actually where i have tanner murray oh okay All right. a little bit higher than he's just older is kind of the he's 24 versus greg jones and ronnie simone like that's pretty much about it um, but those are seven, eight, and nine are pretty much interchangeable for me as like whichever one they think can not be as big of a butcher in shortstop. Um, okay. I, so. I, I thought that was going to be, I think we're have the same 10 players then. If, if you oh, had Tanner Murray, I, I can't imagine, cause I already said I have Greg Jones. I, I can't imagine there's any other, there's a, there's a player that we don't have in common on our list here moving uh, forward. I'm excited. Let's let, let's see. Maybe so there number, will be a surprise. N- yeah, maybe. Number six, I went with Tristan Gray. Um, we we match exactly. Tristan okay. Gray, number six. A, a guy that is like just, 
going to be a career minor leaguer, most likely uh, has been decent in Durham for the last few years. Uh, Weird power hitter. Yeah, definitely like, has some power. Um, I, I one don't of those know where guys that'll came... end up with like 300 career minor league home runs. It's so weird because none of the, there's not one scouting report that has anything higher than a 45 raw power. Yeah. And he is already up to, he had 33 home runs in AAA last year. He had 23 home runs uh, this year and counting. Uh, the last three, the last two years though, with that power out output, he has a WRC plus of 96 and this year of 80. So it's, it is power with not much else behind it. But here's why I sort of picked him. Uh, one, he's 27. So he is plenty old enough. Um, but two, he is also like kind of a bit of a utility guy. He's played a little bit of everywhere. So he does kind of have a, a razy style of like mm-hmm. a guy that could maybe be your, be a guy that has a little bit of pop, a little bit of punch. Um kind of like a little bit better defensively than Jonathan Aranda. Um, and he's, he's old. So at some point maybe he comes up, has a hot uh, two weeks and then you can uh, trade him in the off season to somebody that is, is buying it. Yeah. I, I think it's good for every like triple A team to have a couple of these guys that have been around a little bit older. Like they're, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to see all these guys get big league opportunities, but there's only so many at bats to go around, but Yes. A, a guy like Tristan Gray, not a bad player to have in your organization. Number five, that's where I went with uh, Greg Jones. Uh, just because he he can he can offer speed. I know he's only at, I think he's at like 24 stolen bases on the year between AA and AAA. We know he's going to strike out. Uh, I imagine if he was in the big leagues this year, he'd strike out like half of his at-bats. <laughs> And, oh my god yeah he's already at a what a 37 38 percent k rate yeah. in the in the minors but he has been hitting better lately he, he like, has been hitting better lately he has got great like he he, he can still hit and he, he's got a little bit of pop um he, he still draws some walks uh he's athletic enough to where like i think you could trust him at shortstop um if you needed to, again, he's number five on my list. So not an ideal scenario, but I'm willing to give Greg Jones a chance. He's I, I'm, I'm I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> We're both saying nice things about uh, Ryan Thompson and and, um, and Greg Jones. Greg Jones. This is a really growth. <laughs> this is a growth episode for us. Um, okay, number five, I is is a fun one for me. Okay. This one is something that actually I think could even happen, um, Ooh, at least for a little bit. Uh, a former minor league shortstop whose body got too big and moved over to the hot corner, Isak Paredes, also oh, nice. potential for the MVP of the Rays this year. Yeah. Um, uh, the incomparable Isak Paredes, who has played third he's played uh second and he's played first this year so why not get him over to the to the shortstop i like it i i i like it a lot and i'm a big Isak paredes fan and so his name may or may not come up a little bit later on on this list Ooh. Um, but but i love that and and again like 
with with the big league picks, like we had Lau later, like later down the list, is like you know what you're gonna get offensively, right? So you you just kind of take into account like the risk and putting that player at shortstop. And with with Paredes, I think there's a lot like less risk than Lau, uh, and you just know the bat is gonna be there. And it's it's not like moving to catcher where you worry about the bat declining because they're playing a tougher defensive position. I don't think that mm-hmm. really happens with infielders. Maybe it does. Maybe there's research that shows it does. Uh, but I also imagine if Isak Paredes were playing shortstop, there's just like no pressure on him. It's just like we need someone and you're yeah. here. Um, Nobody's going to be like, ah, Isak, you didn't get to that ball. Yeah. Be like, obviously, <laughs> what I'm a third baseman. But I trust just do it. <laughs> Uh, well, I've got some more things to say about Paredes, so I'll, I'll, we'll wait until we get to that point. Um, number four, I went with Vidal Brujan. Um, number four, number five. I had Greg Jones five. Oh, you had Greg Jones five. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. V- Vidal Brujan four. Obviously, we've seen him at the big league level. It's been not great this year. It's, I mean, it's never really been great when he's been at the big league level. At AAA, he's still, you know, doing fine. 10 home runs, 283 batting average, 374 on base, still drawing those walks. Uh, he does have 19 stolen bases at the AAA level. It's just been really, really rough at the big league level. In 61 plate appearances, he's got a 31 WRC plus this season. But we know he's capable of playing shortstop. He's been up in the big league, so you don't have to worry about him getting comfortable with the roster. Um, yeah, that's 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 kind of all I have to say about Vidal Bruhan right now. I think it's a it's it's absolutely a great pick. Uh he's he has been uh and, and he will be coming up shortly for me as well, but he has been a, a guy who has proven it in the in triple A. He keeps hitting like crazy in triple A, just has not been able to hit at all in the majors. Um, but he can play a little bit of everywhere. So he's complaining. He can play literally every position besides catcher. And he has. So, I mean, you're not going to really want to put him at first base, but he could probably play there too. Um, It's one of those guys that is super useful. He is very helpful. Um, He is out of options or not options, but out of optionable only five times can a player be optioned. So the next time he gets called up, you would have to then DFA him if you were to, send him down so that's why you do not see him up right now um but he is somebody that i think the team would trust to be their shortstop for uh, a little bit and they wouldn't love it uh i don't think anybody would love it but he's he's much better than a lot of these other options i would say so i i do think um vidal brujan is a is a really good pick there all right who do you have in your number four but it's not my pick but it's not my pick my pick is somebody who would potentially have a worse bat than Vidal Burhan right now, um, almost certainly. But the glove would be better. And sometimes a team can call up a guy who is just a great glove and you don't care at all about the bat at all. Kind of like Kevin Kiermeyer came up and got his first little taste of the majors as, a, as an outfield kind of defensive replacement. At this point, I have... If you're going to jump from high A to triple A, what's one more level? Carson Williams, a potential future gold glove and pinch run slash stolen base king. Yeah. Carson Williams. Uh, I don't care if he, he, he'll strike out 75% of the time. Doesn't matter. Uh, the glove would be there. 
Um, Christian Bethencourt didn't have a hit for like three months and he was still fine at catcher. So you can just throw him in as the black holes at the bottom. Uh, yeah, it would be like the Padres ruining uh, player development uh, like they do with every one of their prospects. Um, but for a little bit of time, you get a little taste. Um, pull pull in angels and just call up all of your draft picks a year later. So this is our biggest difference. So I had Williams down at nine. You have him up at four. I think this is our biggest difference, although we've got a couple this... spots left. Um, well, <laughs> just, I... just, just wait till my Ryan Spikes at number one pick comes in here. <laughs> you, you, like, you do have Basabe listed at, at one, right? Because he is like a starter now. Oh, maybe not. I'm going to spoil okay. it. I'm not going to spoil uh, okay, it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, with Williams, I think, I think that was my biggest fear was that there are enough viable options to where I, do, I wouldn't want to spoil like his first time up in the big leagues. And I, there were just enough guys on there that I, I would just say, you know what? If, if we get to this point anyways, like the season's probably over. Uh, so let's not blow it yet but I, I think Carson Williams would be more than capable of like manning shortstop on the big league team and, and prob- probably just not be able to hit yeah I, I it's my it's my I I I just I can't put him below some of these other options because I think the glove is major league ready right now and he could be a contributor the bat would just not be and I think overall it wouldn't be smart for his long-term development and so that's why the Rays will not have him come up. They will they will absolutely use Brandon Lau instead if yeah. if it meant not you know doing that. But this is a fun exercise, so I'm just going to no, I agree. Um, so we're on to number three now, right? Yes. Okay. Well, this is three. this is where I had Vidal Brujan. Okay. It's not a it's not a sexy choice, but it's just a very logical choice as we all as we talked. Well, I, I think I do have a sexy choice here. Uh, for my money the best prospect in the race system. Uh, we're going all that here. Junior Caminero, again, uh, just absolutely killing it this year across high A and double A. Uh, he had a 189 w- WRC plus as a 19-year-old in high A. He's now, he, he has turned 20 recently uh, over the summer uh, and has continued to hit uh, at the double A level, 11 more home runs in 258 plate appearances, uh, 124 WRC plus playing some third, playing some short. Uh, he's got like 60 to 70 raw power. Uh, and I just would love to see him come up and mash for a couple weeks. I, I don't know, like if you get to the postseason, maybe it changes. That That's my caveat here. Like maybe if you need a shortstop for a week at the end of the regular season, you consider bringing up, Camonero, and maybe this breaks the rules of the game, but I, I mean, I've got someone ahead of him um, that I don't like would probably play shortstop ahead of him. But uh, yeah, I just would love to see him come up and, and, and hit against big league pitching. Uh, I I love that choice too. Okay. So much so that I have him higher. Oh, all right. All right. Who do you have at number three, though? Uh, that was Vidal Bruno. Oh, that's right. You said that. You said that. Yeah. All right. Number two, I went with Isak Paredes here. Um, I, I, Like you said, uh, he has been one of the best players on the Rays this year. He came up as a shortstop. Yeah, he's not going to be good there, but like I think there's a high enough floor that if the guy who I have at number one 
uh, were to go down tomorrow that before doing doing anything too brash, you would probably just move him over to shortstop and then call up like Vidal Brujan. I think that's that's a that's a very interesting choice, and I I would actually love to see some. I would love to see some Isak Paredes starting shortstop, just like a little fun. Yet Mead Paredes, Lau. I don't know how I don't know how it works, but yeah, you know, just try it out. Just try it out once. Let's have some fun. Um, my number two pick, and I really, really, really wanted to figure out a way to get him to number one, but I really couldn't um right now uh but i do think is somebody that potentially depending upon how things uh go let's just say that uh a potentially an interesting camp battle for 2024 Mm -hmm. um is my number two pick i couldn't quite get him there it's rising a little too fast even though the bat and glove could probably still still last and yes he's almost certainly going to eventually move off of short but I, this is where I have Junior Camonero, who has not been challenged at any minor league level and at any age. He has absolutely obliterated all pitching at like all times. Uh, just a just an absolute masher. Yeah, and just touching on him a little bit more, it's seeing a player. Uh do what he's doing at the age that he's doing it at, where he, he looks like a man amongst boys when he is the boy in the lot. Like, he is a teenager, right? And, and and he is absolutely just killing it at every level. Um, makes me more, ex- like, and to be quite frank, we have not seen, a, it's, it's been a couple of years now, we haven't seen a prospect like him in the race system with a bat uh, since Juan Franco in terms of yes. the, the level of competition he he's, he, he, he's hitting against and, and the success he's having. And I don't think it's going to come this year. Uh, we will see him at some point in the big leagues in 2024. I absolutely could see that. He is a, he has, I mean, he's, he's moved into the top 10 and oftentimes in the top five in a lot of prospect lists. I think, I think one of the high ones was number six on baseball mm-hmm. America's list. I mean, this is a, a, a just absolute skyrocketing. Is there a, is there any big outlet that doesn't have him as the top prospect in the race system? That's done a mid season update. Uh, no, not that I can see. They, they've all been, I think top 10, all the mid season ones, anything that hasn't been mid season yet, that doesn't really count, but yeah, cause it's just, he's been, he, every, every prospect update, he has jumped like 30 spots. Like throughout the last couple of years, like he, it's just the it, rapid this, ascension of of him is incredible. That was the Tobias Myers trade. Yes, to Cleveland. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Chris and Christopher Sanchez is working really well for Philly, and uh, you know we, I think the Rays are pretty happy with Mead and Christopher Sanchez is doing well. So maybe Tobias Myers can, yeah, turn it around. But I think right now Cleveland is Cleveland's got a is maybe not loving trading with uh well and we'll see how um how Manzardo works out for them because if if that yeah. doesn't work out then then Cleveland will never pick up no another Tampa Bay phone call and and then so I'm assuming at number one we both have the current starting shortstop Oslavis Pasabe uh who let's talk about him for a second because yeah he could very well be the shortstop for the rest of the season and it's been really nice watching him play 
so far? That's what I, 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 I wanted to get kind of crazy and be like Junior Camonero number one, but like I, I honestly couldn't get around the fact that like Basabe is a fun prospect. Like this is a legit prospect too, who's really good, and I really liked what I've seen. He has he's it's a very different style than a lot of a lot of other Rays hitters. He does not have power mm-hmm. uh, really at all. Um, not home run power, I should say. He does have extra base ability, um, but he is a a guy who does not strike out very much. Um, even in the majors right now, he is striking out a little bit, but like he's also walking quite a bit too. Like he's not somebody that's going up there and swinging at everything and missing everything. He is somebody that does swing out a little bit of everything, but he makes a lot of contact. Uh, kind of your Luis Arise style batter, which is maybe not the best person to emulate um, because like, that's a very hard skill set to make successful. And Luis Arise is able to, but not many people can. Uh, but he's just like a been a very fun player to add on to the team in a time when damn, the Rays needed somebody fun to, to yeah. come up. And Vasabe's uh, like done. He's made a couple of really nice defensive plays. The, the shortstop defense has not looked terrible. It's it's not looked amazing, but it, it has definitely looked like good enough to continue to get starts. And the bat has shown a little bit of uh, fun life. He's he had a nice road trip. Uh, I think it was four for nine uh, on just the double header uh, a day alone against the Angels. Couple doubles, a walk, a couple uh, runs batted in. Like that's he had a he had a fantastic uh, little stretch there against the Angels. It's been a good road trip in in San Francisco. Um, I, I've, I've really had fun with, uh, Basabi has been a, a guy that I've definitely enjoyed watching so far. It's such an interesting story, uh, f- for this season, obviously very serious, you know, allegations were made against Wander Franco that, well, Basabe was going to get called up anyways. It sounds like, uh, for, you know, maybe just one or two games. Um, and now he is the starting shortstop, and to see him, again, he's played in seven games. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But to take that opportunity, to take advantage of that opportunity right now, it's just been fun to watch someone who was was caught, was stuck behind, you know, an all-star shortstop in Franco and a very capable shortstop in Taylor Walls. They're, they're like, I, I think we recognize Basabe was a pretty decent prospect uh, coming into the season, but there was really no reality in which we saw him playing shortstop for the Rays down the stretch like this. And so, again, I hope he keeps it up. I'm enjoying rooting for him. I obviously want him to do really well. Question, though, is there a scenario that when when Taylor Walls comes back in the regular season, is is there still a spot for Basabe on the roster? Maybe uh, maybe you send a Mead back down, or is he just up here warming the seat for Taylor Walls or Wander Franco? We like we don't know at this point. I'm assuming Franco's out for the season uh, when talking about this. Uh, yes, I, I so I think there's an absolute discussion to be made about Mead, Basabe, and Aranda. And I could easily see Aranda being the guy with the short straw again. Uh, it's it's tough, but like Basabe can play third, short, and second. Yeah. Aranda can play DH. 
What maybe, I will say, maybe first a little bit, is if you send down a well, Walls, you'd be adding a switch hitter. Um, mm-hmm. It would it would make you awfully right handed, right? Like you've got Brandon Lau, Luke Rayleigh, and Josh Lowe. No more like with Mejia out, and but he should be coming back soon. He's rehabbing, mm-hmm. so that adds a switch hitter. Taylor Walls would add a switch hitter. So yeah, I think you could probably you could probably go with that Aranda at that. Point. I think what you do there is you would have. Basabe and Walls. So that way you have two shortstops, righty, lefty, and that just gives you more balance. As and I and I would love to see Aranda get a long run because I feel like he's definitely earned it. He has been the one of the best minor league hitters in all of baseball. Uh I think it's defense definitely tends to to take precedent, but uh, that'll be having too many shortstops would be a good problem to have right now because we, that's not been the case. So, um, this is an interesting list of guys that I think, uh, yeah, I mean, for a short, short burst would be very fun. It will. And, and like you said, we, we, we started the show with this, the Rays are winning series. They have a chance, I think, to win a couple more here coming up. They're still very much in this division race. And I think it's an important thing to remind Rays fans it's been man what a a roller coaster of a season in some of the best ways and some of the worst ways possible um just try to enjoy it like whatever comes there's still plenty of players on this team that I think as fans we should be proud to root for and we should want to root for uh and at the end of the day like this team still like as is as the roster stands could win a world series uh, and so I, I just want to enjoy this. I, I've been struggling with this, right? Like it, w- w- all the bad news mounting up, all the speculation, nobody really knows what's going to happen. But I think it's just important to remind everyone to, to relax and, and, and enjoy the ride here the last few weeks. That's some very wise words from Greg Jones's number one fan. <laughs> here we go. Uh, hopefully uh, just – by the sake of uh, the, the line of succession, we don't see Greg Jones because that, that means there's a lot of other shortstops unavailable uh, for, for various reasons. So Greg Jones pinch runner in, in a playoff game could be very fun though. I will say that if we're, if we're looking for a pinch runner, I might need to add uh, what's the, what's the outfielder we have. Can he go on my line of succession? The one that's like stealing all the bases. Oh, a million bases. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, man, I'm going to probably not good man. enough for shortstop, but uh, is, it, is it Chandler Simpson? It's Chandler Simpson. Chandler Simpson. Yeah. Cause I think he's uh, an outfielder. Does he play some second too? Um, yeah. If you want someone he can to learn, bases. he probably started there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's going to do it for, for this week's episode of raise your voice. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's going to be a really fun ride. So make sure to, Head on over to DRaysBay.com to check out all of the great Rays coverage. And if you like what we do here on Raise Your Voice, make sure to follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to get every new episode downloaded directly to your device. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.